Welcome back to the All American Podcast. I am Chantel Jennings. I am joined this week by Nicole Auerbach. Hello. We are unfortunately down one member of the podcast this week. Max Olson is off working very hard on some stories, but the playoff rankings go on and so does the podcast. And we just both watched the playoff rankings come out. Alabama's one, Clemson two, Miami three, Oklahoma four. Uh, Nicole, did you have any general feelings after seeing this rankings release? Well, this was actually the one I was most excited about seeing. And prior to this season, I really wasn't a fan of these whole midseason rankings in general. But I found that they've been pretty good at kind of pointing us in the right direction on certain things that that particular committee values. And so this I was really interested in because, you know, we finally had some some upsets and we had the way that Notre Dame lost, the way that Georgia lost, I was very curious to see mm-hmm. how they how they fell and how far they fell. Um, and I yeah. was really interested, and and this is what I'm curious your thoughts on the the Clemson Miami debate because to me, and maybe this is just biased because I was in Miami last weekend. Um, I think Miami looks like they could have been. I mean, I, I understand why you put Alabama one. But you could have made a case for for any of the other top four teams to be in that top spot. But you could have made a case for Miami over Alabama. Um, Considering some of the data points, we had a great story on our site about all the data points that the committee values Mm -hmm. and compares things. And so I sort of think that, you know, Miami could have had a case there. But also I understand Clemson's strength of schedule and the quality of wins. But I'm, I'm interested in your take. I was a little personally surprised to see Clemson over Miami. I know these teams will play each other and this will work itself out. Um, but right now, that surprised me. And the fact that Oklahoma, having beat Oklahoma State and TCU in the last two weeks, has only gone up one spot total. Those are my gut instinct. And maybe these are just like recency bias, right? Like these Miami and right. Oklahoma just look really good lately. But I don't know. I think, I mean, the Clemson-Miami issue is going to figure itself out, right? Right. In the ACC title game. And so, for me, I saw that and I was like, well, you know, I don't necessarily agree with that. But moving forward, I see less of an issue with it. I know some of the ESPN telecasters were saying, well, maybe the ACC is the conference that is going to get two teams in. I don't necessarily see that happening. I think it'll be the winner of the ACC title game. And that's that. Yes, I agree. And I I think that that is... The case, and this is what I've been kind of cautioning, even with the SEC's talk that we've been talking. And, and honestly, Georgia losing to Auburn does not necessarily close the door on the potential for two SEC teams. Absolutely. But the, the idea is we don't know what it looks like for a loser of a championship game to get into the playoffs. So so I don't think we should assume that the ACC would be well positioned to do that. Um, and and so I'm, I'm with you on that. I think that that clearly... Both of those teams qualified already for the conference championship game. That mm-hmm. is clearly a play-in game um, to the college football playoff. I think, obviously, now Auburn, Alabama is as big as it was ever going to be um, now that we've seen what Auburn's capable of and that that game decides the SEC West champ. Um, so, you know, I think that there's a lot more gray area with the SEC just because you know, you could have a one-loss team involved here. What if Alabama beats Auburn but then loses to Georgia? You know, like, there's a lot more kind of up in the air there. Um, what, did, what did you think about Wisconsin's placement here at number five as an undefeated 
the best, obviously the best chance from the Big, Tw Big Ten, uh, finally got a good win over Iowa. And now Michigan, who they got next week, is, is in the top 25. So that's got to kind of theoretically help them, although if they beat them, they might fall out. Yeah, Wisconsin, I think even from the beginning of the season, when we looked at this team and we just said, geez, like the Big Ten West is so weak this season. Mm -hmm. This team is probably going to roll. I think from the beginning of the year, we knew that Wisconsin was going to give the committee headaches because how do you sort of deal with a team that does what Wisconsin has done, which is impressive. It's hard for any team to go undefeated in a season. But when you look at the strength of schedule, you sort of pull back and say, well, you know, how much respect do we really want to give this team? Right. Um, but I think Wisconsin's in an interesting spot. As you said, they have an opportunity to play a top 25 team this weekend with Michigan. But then you also look, you know, Alabama plays Auburn, Clemson, and Miami will both have a top 10 potentially win potential. I think the team that we still have to look at a little bit is Notre Dame. I'm Maybe that sounds kind of crazy, but they have Navy this weekend, which mm -hmm. if they win over Navy, that is a team that's six and three. So that's, you know, we know how much the committee loves uh, sort of citing the records of better than 500. And then they have Stanford, which moved up into the rankings. You, with a win love, over Washington. you are all in on Stanford. Despite the three losses, you have been all in on Stanford all season long. Oh, I'm not all in on Stanford. Well, I'm just saying like, it's another top 25 yes. win. This well, is... yes. And, and as a quality opponent, you have been in on them throughout. Yeah, I, think I think they are a quality opponent with some very, very unquality parts of their team. I will say that. Yeah, if they person. could be like, like one person 11 times over on the offense and then also Bryce Love is a defensive player, like that would be a different scenario um but yeah, yeah. I mean, and if they had KJ Costello all season play like he did right. against Washington it's it's a totally different ball game no I was just I think Notre Dame is just they're interesting I think that'll be a team that sort of messes with the rankings a little bit in terms of yes they they had this bad loss to Miami but I don't know it'll be interesting to see where they fall eventually I'm not I'm not saying that they're going to make the playoff I'm just saying I think it'll be interesting to see Every year we sort of look at this committee and mm -hmm. we're in year four, but I think it's still sort of this experimental phase where we say, well, what, what do they value? What matters? What is the most important piece of data that, that the committee looks at? And every year gives us new opinions and new perspectives. And I think Notre Dame will be an interesting case study to look at this season. Yeah. And, and I think what's, what's interesting with them and Georgia and, you know, Ohio State is a team that we probably need to talk about as well um, because mm -hmm. they're number nine. They're a two-loss team, two blowout losses, yet are fully in the picture here. Like, they are probably going to be the Big Ten East Division representative. Um, if they win out and beat a Wisconsin team in the title game, there's been enough carnage that they're going to be in that conversation despite that. So I think what's really interesting, and this is something I wrote about on the All-American leading into the the college football playoff rankings tonight. And I think it's just going to be something we're going to have to monitor going forward is we have not seen a team make the playoff who's really been blown out in the regular season. We obviously mm -hmm. haven't seen a two-loss team make it in general. But even so, the largest margin of victory that we've seen – well, margin of loss? I guess I've never heard that phrase. But, but essentially that. Like losing it's, – it's been a two-possession mm -hmm. game – um, and, and we right. haven't seen more than a 14-point loss. And, and 
So when you're talking about Georgia, if Georgia were to win out, obviously they would make the title game. They would have a great win over in Alabama and Auburn. Um, that's a team that would for sure make the playoff, but would have a really lopsided loss. And we haven't seen that yet. And Kirby Hoka was asked about that a little bit on ESPN during the ranking show. And, you know, he sort of sidestepped it as he is supposed to. Um, you know, when you're talking about wins and you're, you're evaluating how games are won and how games are lost, I just wonder, just because we haven't seen that and that's kind of a new variable, you know, if it matters, not, not quite in the terms of that game control metric that was like a talking point for a season, but just Mm -hmm. like if it's different, if you're, you know, a, a playoff caliber team and you lose by three points versus get blown up by 20. Yeah, I think Ohio State is going to be another interesting team to monitor as the season goes on. But one of the things we had today that was great were a ton of listener questions, Nicole. I think as the third voice, maybe on the podcast (laughs) today, we should just have the listener. Should we just pretend? Be the third voice. Should we pretend they're all Max and that he's with us? Yeah. Right now? Okay. Exactly. So the (laughs) the first question from Max Olson, a.k.a. the Tiger Swag, they want to know, will Alabama and Clemson finish in the top two for the third straight year? Okay. So I'm guessing they mean finish the season. So this would mean Alabama and Clemson are playing in the national title game. Okay. So we talked about this a few weeks ago, and I am fine being consistent on this. But I was not pleased to see Alabama and Clemson 1-2 in this week's rankings. And I understand all of the justifications for doing that. Um, but I am just, I'm just tired of the same old teams. That's kind of why, you know, the fact that Ohio State is back in the mix here to make a playoff. I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's not like a bad thing necessarily for the sport, but as someone who consumes it and watches it, I just, you know, you want fresh meat and you want new teams to be involved. And that's why kind of Miami and the turnover chain and everything has been really interesting because it was different, because it's, is Miami back? Are they not back? Are they back? Like, it, that that's more interesting. So I, part of the reason it was a surprise to me that Clemson was at number two or that I can easily make a case for Miami being number one or two is that, like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you, you can make those cases, but also it's nice not to have the Alabama-Clemson scenario or the inevitable. As we talked about a few weeks ago, did it feel inevitable? that we were going to have these two teams play again. And I kind of hope not. And I know that's maybe that's not mm-hmm. like as impartial as I should be, but I just want something different. So I'm hoping that my answer here is, will they not? <laughs> will they? No. My answer would be, I hope that they don't. No, I think that makes sense. I think there are... I don't know. It's good for the sport to sort of have different faces in the crowd, right? And it would be kind of fun to have a team come out of nowhere. And you can't really come out of nowhere at this point in the season. But And I guess Ohio State wouldn't necessarily be a team that came out of nowhere. But, you know, if Auburn sort of shocks the world and makes the playoff, that would be that would be an awesome story. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Wisconsin. I personally... You know, Baker Mayfield with that Oklahoma-sized mm-hmm. chip on his shoulder. I wouldn't mind seeing him back in the playoff to sort of uh, – he's he's highly quotable and really fun to watch. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing some new faces in the playoff crowd. Yeah, I mean, I – New faces that we have seen recently, well, we have, I guess. We have, We're still talking about some of the same teams that have played we, in the last three we, years. We so have seen – There's Baker, only so much we can do. Baker Mayfield has been in the playoff. But, yeah, I mean, I, I mean that's sort of – 
you know, I mean, I know narrative gets overused in media and stuff, but it's sort of, it becomes very much the same narratives. Um, so, so that's something that I'm personally hoping changes. Um, so, so Chantelle, here's another question um, from Talal from, it seems like the committee is stuck ranking Clemson high as if they are the Deshaun Watson Clemson of last year. Am I crazy? A loss to Syracuse doesn't bring them down? Question mark. Well, I think the thing to look at here is, A, uh, this is a human committee, so they're able to take into account a lot of things outside of just wins and losses and the margin uh, of a loss. And so that three-point loss, some people might say, oh my gosh, Clemson lost on the road to an unranked team, but Kelly Bryant only attempted 17 passes that game, and then they had freshman Zarek Cooper in. And I think the committee sees that, and we saw even after that, you know, they didn't drop much. And so the committee sees that there was a personnel issue in that game. And when Kelly Bryant is playing and when he's playing well, Clemson is playing well. And I think that defense has impressed. And so I think maybe some people sort of see that and they get worried, but Clemson is a good team. And yes, Deshaun Watson is gone, but Kelly Bryant's a good quarterback and they're still a good team. And whether or not you think they should be the number two team in the country right now, um, I guess that's a matter of your opinion to all, but I do think they're in the playoff conversation. So well, maybe what, you, maybe you are crazy. <laughs> it's not quite the same as was that year one that we had the whole Oregon left tackle injury issue. Was that year one or year two where it was like that would have been year one because yeah. that's the year that Oregon played. Mm-hmm. Okay, well yeah, and then it was just sort of like that was this big thing. We finally learned like what it meant, like avail player availability. And I think you know a quarterback. Yes, that is a bigger deal, and also like. You know, Clemson's played an incredible schedule, and they they've beaten teams. It's just sort of, you know, I don't know. I, I guess it's 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 obviously they played a different non conference. They beat Auburn, which the committee obviously has a ton of respect for. But mm-hmm. Miami's in the same conference. I know Miami had four straight wins, one possession games, um, and their two big wins these last two weeks were at home. And that's sort of where Kirby Hocutt was pointing out that that Miami hasn't done this on the road yet, and that is a thing that matters. To me, it's just it, – I know that we don't always have to do, like, a one-loss team needs to be behind an undefeated team, but I don't know. It rubs, it, it rubs me the wrong way. And so, you know what? I think that you're not crazy because I sort of think that Clemson was maybe, and maybe at different times, even subconsciously, getting a little benefit of the doubt as the defending champs, mm-hmm. as the Deshaun Watson team, which they're not, and this is supposed to be evaluated in a vacuum – I don't know if that's entirely happening. Perhaps not. All right, let's move on to another question from Blake. He wants to know, well, first he says, Wisconsin is a fluke. Only quality win is Iowa. Do you think Auburn should be ahead? Nicole, do you think Auburn should be ahead of Wisconsin? I don't. I mean, you're talking about a two-loss differential here. Um, And I do think... So real quick, also, Northwestern has been in the top 25 the last two weeks. They're at number 23 this week. You've got Michigan sneaking into the top 25. And these are things that are going to matter for Wisconsin, mm-hmm. especially, obviously, Ohio State is a top 10 team right now. But those mm-hmm. are the stats that tell us and how we define quality wins. And, and, and so I think that a lot of that stuff will shake out. But I also think that Wisconsin beating all of the teams on their schedule is still not easy. And the fact that BYU is not the BYU team they usually are is not something that they could have predicted when they scheduled the game. Um, Uh FAU has turned out to be quite good, and they beat them soundly in the non-conference. 
Um, you know, it, it certainly sucks for Wisconsin that the way the crossover schedule works, they don't play Penn State, they don't play Ohio State, but they, it looks like they are going to get the Buckeyes in the title game. Um, it, I, I don't know. It's hard for me to hold a lot of that stuff against the team that's actually playing the schedule when, when th- certain things were out of their control. And I do think there should be, and there is, a, sh- a huge difference between zero losses and two. So I understand the schedule Auburn's played, but... To say an undefeated Wisconsin team should be behind them, that seems like quite a stretch. I don't disagree with anything you just said, Nicole. I think one of my favorite things is getting to this point in the season and sort of seeing teams begin to cheer for other teams in their conference <laughs> sort of in their own self We talked about this last week. Like, do you want, We did talk about this like, last week. Do but that was for the fans. Other- I'm saying now for the actual teams like okay. Wisconsin fans need to be cheering for Northwestern to just like crush Minnesota the last week of the season right? so that Northwestern stays higher in the rankings. And that would probably mean that Minnesota's below 500, but I think top 25 wins probably way more heavily for the committee than wins over 500 opponents. And so I, I enjoy getting to this point in the season when you're trying to figure out sort of stealthily, all right, well, who are they? Yeah, you know, and who are they rooting for? Who are they keeping track well, of? Well, and I think the Michigan thing is really interesting because you want them mm-hmm. to stay in the top 25, but they've got Wisconsin and Ohio State next. So it's sort of mm-hmm. like, how do you manage your rooting interest? I think it's going to be interesting. Um, so here is another sort of Miami question. This is, um, I'm, this is from Sean, and he's wondering, what is more surprising to you, that Miami is behind Clemson, or that USC is outside of the top 10. And just as a reminder, USC is right behind Penn State as number 11. Um, and they are the top uh, Pac-12 team. I guess I would say that Miami's behind Clemson. And it's not something that I necessarily feel super strongly about. It's just that I can make the argument for mm-hmm. Miami being above Clemson. And I can't really make the argument for USC not being in the top 10 just because they have two losses to top 25 teams, Washington State and Notre Dame. Um, and outside of that, you look at their wins and, you know, they beat Stanford earlier in the season. Um, but I just, I, you know, the Pac-12 isn't playing great football this year. And John Wilner actually had a really fantastic article earlier this week, kind of looking at the scheduling of the Pac-12 and how in a way this is self-inflicted, the wounds that they're going through. And USC obviously didn't decide to not have a bye week until the end of the season. And there are a bunch of Pac-12 teams that played road games on short weeks. Um, And those are teams like Washington and Washington State and Stanford, which were potentially playoff teams. And so um, sort of a, a side note, you should go check that out. But I can't necessarily just because the strength of the Pac-12 right now is down as a conference and USC has two losses, one being really, really bad to Notre Dame, I can't really make the argument for them to be in the top 10 right now. Also, Nicole, I think maybe we should uh, address the current hostage situation happening in your apartment in <laughs> you New mean, York. You mean the squeaking in the background? Um, yeah, I think our listeners might be curious and okay, they might be calling well, the cops I, on you. I apologize, everyone. This is, this is Little Red. He is being very needy today and I could not get out. I'm sorry that we don't all live elsewhere in the country and New York apartments are one room. Um, mm-hmm. so I could not leave him. But he really is just frustrated, I think, on behalf of Miami. He really got into the turnover chain this past weekend. So I think that that's yeah. 
really what's going on here that that was that's what the squeaking is about and i don't blame him he's caught on to that i mean i think they're the best it's it's a great gimmick and it's working like they're second in the country in turnover margin like it's clearly having an effect but like it was really fun i saw so many like i was at that game and i saw so many Mm -hmm. t-shirts and fake turnover chain bling and i was just like where can I get this? It was awesome. So I need to find some that's like dog size because I think that red would really be all about it. He's staring at me right now. I have a green green ball in my hand. So clearly he is a Miami Hurricane fan this season, I think. Hands clearly. down. Clearly, clearly. Clearly. All right, let's jump to let's, – uh, let's stay in the state of Florida since we're talking about Miami. This is a question about Central Florida, UCF. Danny from the Bay is wondering – how many losses to Power 5 teams ahead of them do they need? Still a lot, right? I think he's mostly feeling what a lot of us feel, Danny, if I can interpret your feelings, in that <laughs> UCF is ranked way too low right now, right? Well, okay, so they're at 15. They are the lowest undefeated team, which makes sense. Um, they are the group of five <laughs> rep. Well, so what's interesting about UCF is that I guess we really haven't we, we obviously have only had three full years of the playoff, and we haven't had a scenario where the group of five team actually legitimately threatened a playoff spot. We've, we've obviously had the discussions about a New Year's Six Bowl um, and, and things of that nature. But, you know, for, for as explosive as they've been at times, for as much attention as their coach is getting with all of the open jobs that are already uh, or perceived open jobs. Nebraska hasn't officially opened mm-hmm. yet um, with Scott Frost. I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think there is such a gap. And this is something that I think you'll see when you look at those stats that we're going to be publishing every Tuesday on the All-American. You know, there, there's such a gap between, like, you know, Power 5 scheduling and, and your record against a Power 5 opponent, um, strength of schedule, like all of those things. There, there's just – it's so hard to compare when you have, like – a pretty good group of five team, the, the numbers and the, the data just don't back up the level of competition um, and, and just the level you're playing at when you're going up against. And, you know, it's different than like in the, the NCAA tournament where it's, you know, when you're talking about those last few spots, you might go mid-major over mediocre SEC team. Like it's not quite that when there's only four spots. So I just feel like mm-hmm. – you know, they, they do need a lot of help. Um, I don't think, uh, you know, but, but literally the team behind them right now is the Mississippi State team, which has mm-hmm. lots of flaws, three losses. You know, I don't know. I just, I don't see it coming. Although I will say, like, as a number 15 spot, that's a lot closer than I would necessarily expect the committee to put a non-Power 5 team at this point in the season, even if they were good. I just think it's, it's a little close. Like, they're, they're within striking distance. I think, I mean, I agree. I think it'll, I don't, I don't think we see a group of five teams expanded. No. I just don't see that happening. The strength of schedule just is never really going to be there. Sorry, uh, group of, or uh, power six conference AAC. Um, I think, I really wish that they had that Georgia Tech game just yeah. because that it would have been interesting to see with, with a win over Georgia Tech or whatever happened in that game, potentially what they would do there. It'll, Another sort of interesting thread to watch would be uh, UCF beat Navy at Navy 31-21. Notre Dame plays them this weekend. So I think watching just comparatively to give us an idea of how good 
this UCF team really is. Uh, we'll give you an idea, at least looking towards the New Year's Six Bowls, um, what to expect maybe from this team against a Power Five conference team. Um, and then just last question, and this is a very hypothetical, broad question for you, Chantel. This is from mm-hmm. Raj, Internet Raj. Why? Okay, so you can just answer the first part of this, but why do I continue continue to voluntarily distract myself from the inexorable march towards death with the irrational and inexplicable decisions of a committee of strangers about a sport that won't exist in 25 years? And also, can Michigan win? If can they get in if they win out? So the question I have for you is: there, I know there's there's a lot to unpack there. Um, why do we get so worked up about? about an irrational and inexplicable decision based on a committee of people that, well, we know some of them, but like, why do we continue to get worked up about these playoff rankings? That's a good question, Raj. I think you should get a dog or a cat (laughs) and maybe that would bring you more joy than sort of the weekly playoff rankings. I agree. I, you know, it's sort of this idea before we had the playoff, the AP rankings that in week one or two, that it meant something. And even now, I guess it gives us an idea of what the committee's thinking, but there's always this huge, oh my gosh, the rankings are finally coming out on Halloween. We're so excited, but they don't actually mean anything, right? Like they say every week, it's a new week. We're starting with a clean slate, whatever. Um, I don't know why everyone gets worked up about it. I think it gives you an idea of sort of take the temperature across college football, see what's going on, what the committee values, what they don't now that we have the committee. But Raj, mostly I would say, you know, if it's something you don't want to get worked up about, don't watch ESPN on Tuesday nights. Uh, there's plenty of other stuff Just to do. Pour yourself a whiskey. Watch. Go for the, a walk. Watch Probably not this, at the same time. This is us. Like, just cry for like a half hour, an hour, whatever. Like, I agree. I think that it's it signals things for us as people who cover the sport for a living. Um, but yes, if you're Raj, and also if you're a Michigan fan, this is not the season to get really. Uh, too caught up in the rankings. Although at this point, you can play spoiler. You've got a couple big games left. So you could at least knock somebody or your entire conference out of the playoffs. So there is something to look forward to if you are a Michigan fan. Right. If you can't be good, you might as well be a spoiler, right? Exactly. Well, and, and Auburn, I think, was like maybe going that route and now is like... And now they're good? And they're good. <laughs> well, they're good. And But I think like, you know, Stidham and, and Kerry and Jay, like they, they could actually just get themselves in the playoff which I think is more interesting but Michigan nowhere near that situation right now total spoiler mode sorry Wolverines but that wraps it up for us with our reader questions and I think we've pretty much dissected uh at least the top 10 yeah can Chantel can I actually do a little promotion that we have real quick before we do okay so we are actually offering a special podcast listener discount if you are listening to the podcast but not subscribing to the All-American, which is the Athletics College Football arm. Go ahead and visit theathletic.com slash allamericanpodcast, which is all one word, lowercase. You can try The Athletic for free for a week, and you can have 25% off the annual plan. So that is my plug. It is an ad. We finally have an ad we can share, but it's for ourselves. So it's like semi count. <laughs> um, but anyway, so it's not really an ad. It's not really. But if you like us when we talk about podcasts and football and things, like you can read us talking about all of these same things, um, but in written form. Anyway, is Max coming back next week? He can. He will also- be back next okay. week. Good, because now I'm rambling. So you can um, <laughs> you can wrap this up. But we do have the yes. discount. So check that out. 
Yes. Join us next week when Max will be back and helping us to sort of keep a more fluid conversation going because he's good at laying down the hammer on that one. But for Nicole Auerbach, I'm Chantel Jennings. Thank you for joining us on the All-American Podcast. All right. We'll see you next week.